0: It's a new day in the workroom and potentially a new year in the world. Who yeah. knows when this is coming out? Um But I'm
1: welcome you'll hear this before New Year's <laughs> Eve. <but> who knows?
0: <laughs> but welcome to uh Sissy.pod's little after sun like uh buddy cop <laughs> over in the, the 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 premium feed and for the last time ever starring me,
1: James. James. Yeah, uh, CCD Pod's little brother, isn't it like the work. Yeah at right? <laughs> how it works Yeah, we're just, we're just jumping on over the Christmas period We're going to share our final thoughts to Dragula Titans now in a bit But before we do, we're going to just share our thoughts on Raja winning Canada versus the world Were you happy? Yeah,
0: I was I'm going to be completely honest in that I found the season like completely average I, I I don't I, I don't think that there was any like wow highlight moments for me. And there was like there was like it certainly wasn't like I, I came out of UK versus the world feeling like this is a mess. This is like a this is this was messy, this was all over the place, this kind of didn't go in any way like I or anyone else would have liked to have gone and I felt dissatisfied at the end of it. And the the same is somewhat true of Canada versus the world. It's just like, I don't think this format is working. And it makes me think that perhaps it's being scrapped for this global all stars. And they're going to try and take another swing at this kind of competition because I don't feel it worked. And the competition was fine. The performances were grand. There were some
1: bits that were like, oh,
0: okay, that's cool.
1: But mostly I was just sort of like, meh. Yeah, I think what you said about UK versus the world sounds right. Like it was a bit of a. A bit of a mess in terms of like, it just didn't feel like the right person went home for the first th- four, well, three of the first four weeks. Yeah. I'm sorry, Cheryl Hole. But like, we didn't we were expecting Lemon to go home. And then Jimbo went home and Pangina went home. And then you're kind of left with like, oh, like and then the best of the second tier kind of thing. So yeah, yeah, that was a bit of a mess. This one, I think, I think everyone went home when they were... A, due to go home and I think that worked out well yeah absolutely there just wasn't the iconic moments of for me personally Pangina and Jimbo's talent show like they 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 were in our sort of end of year conversation the best moments of the year whereas there was nothing really to choose from cannabis the world I just threw in Isis's runways because they were probably the best thing about it
0: yeah I agree with that like I do I do think that like Victoria Scone's Fabio look was was, was, that was um, great, yeah. yeah that was really good and it, it was something different obviously that we haven't seen and I think a lot of the conversations that that happened around misogyny and drag and, and around like kind of the place of, of cis females in drag were were interesting conversations to have but I, I don't know, like I just it, it nothing nothing about the season really grabbed me. I I, I actually think for me the thing that like that, that sort of the the part of the 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 season or the series that I kind of felt most compelled watching Was any time Silky was on screen Silky discussing her experience of being a plus size performer Silky discussing her experience of being kind of like the villain coming out of season 11 And how that would impact her So I, I do feel like, you know, Raja, def, like Raja won But I feel like Silky has come out of this with this kind of renewed kind of space or place as like an ultimate fan favorite on the kind of same level of as like a Latrice for me in that kind of just she has proven herself to be just like a an amazing drag queen and a really wonderful person so like I, I do think in that regard it was really good because we got an element of that at the at the end of All Star 6 where she kind of like proved herself as an iconic performer but this she showed herself as being so well-rounded um and you know no pun intended i can make i can make fat jokes cuz i'm fat but, but but no but like she she did really prove herself to be like that sort of like like drag excellence so i i was really glad of it for that point of view and i also was glad that like Rita baga got kind of that moment as well of of maybe kind of you know it's like it was interesting to hear her experience of her experience of, of being on Canada 1 where obviously she got a really favourable edit but the fans turned against her online because you know she was taking up a space of one of their faves and you know kind of interesting to hear how that like had impacted her and meant that she had sort of stayed in French uh, in, in basically in Quebec for a number of years and the thought about like quitting drag and you know kind of it was great for her to come back and get a chance to kind of be Show, showcase herself Again In a way where she was Like really nice to her. So I, th- I thought it was Very Canadian And that everyone was Nice to each other It was very pleasant But there was no Wow or gag moments
1: Yeah I uh, Yeah I, I agree with you And whenever somebody Like Rita talk about That response after Canada won I Yeah I, I always kind of Feel kind of guilty Because we come on here And we were like Oh yeah I'm not Connecting to Rita. I don't know why She's not reconnecting With the fans and then to hear kind of the full circle moment of that queen being like, "Yeah, no, you know, no, I wasn't connected with the fans," and it's like, "Yeah, we were there. We, I don't know why. What it was about the edit, or whatever that we weren't connected with you." And we don't really think of what the knock on effect is for the queen in that moment. But then you can see them, yeah, being hurt.
0: Yeah, I do. I, I mean, I, I thought about that as well, because obviously, like, well, we, we were never, like, hateful or, no. or disparaging towards towards Rita or any of the queens. We tried to, like, always come from a pace of positive critique, except for when I lose control of myself. But, <laughs> um, but I, I do feel that, like, the producers, like, the fans and the people who were, were, were doing the trolling and were being negative online hold the ultimate responsibility. Mm. But I also think the producers need to look at, like, how they put that season together because there were times throughout that where Rita did seem to get an unfair advantage or not an unfair advantage but seemed to have been positioned higher than maybe it appeared she deserved looking across the board and where people who had either stronger performances or stronger looks were you know safe or were not considered high and she won challenges and so I I think that like It was kind of that thing If she was Maybe pushed too much To the front Whereas if she had been like Slightly more Like so it didn't feel Necessarily like because I think going into, like, say, the last couple of episodes of, of Canada 1, it felt like a one-horse race with, Canada, with, with, with Rita at the very front, and, like, no one's going to be able to chase her. And that's not a really position that anyone wants to be in, because then all people are doing is looking for your flaws, particularly when you've got someone as much of a fan favourite as Priyanka was. So, like, people are looking to tear you down. Whereas I think if they positioned the race in a, in a more kind of, like, everybody's got a chance kind of way, where it was kind of like they were showcasing some more weakness and more vulnerability from Rita then you probably wouldn't have had that effect but at the end of the day as I said it is the people who are going online and like sending hate to her and like saying awful things and people who were taking this show so seriously that they were making podcast series about it they're the real problem <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> sometimes the worst thing you can do in drag race is win a challenge that the fans don't believe you deserve like that's generally one of the worst things you can do and that's yeah. totally out of anyone's control
0: it is. I, I mean, I, do, I, like, I I will stand over, like, I think that, you know, at the end of the day, the only people who can make a decision about who is, is going to win or lose a particular challenge are the, like, the judges and the producers who are in the room as the challenge is taking place. And, you know, you can make a certain amount of exceptions for, like, how things may have appeared in the room or how things may have kind of looked kind of as you know, from from a particular point of view. But when it comes to say something as, like, Cut and dry as like a design challenge where we all get to see all the garments stood up there beside each other and judge them equally. Kind of like it's easy at that point to kind of say, wait a minute, why are you giving this look that is clearly much more basic than this look over here? More credit or more acknowledgement? So I think just, just like that, just say Georges,
1: That's all we need to say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, in that, in that in that one, I'm actually thinking about uh, our our pal Rita Baga versus Anastasia. Anastasia, oh, In that yeah. way, in that kind of like gorgeous like puff of look that she made out of a of a kind of like sleep bag thing. And, and it is just kind of, or like out of out of a number. Of, and it just is kind of like at that moment, people start reading that as being a queen being favored by producers, and then it just digs into this constant then narrative of like oh the producers are pushing this forward and anything they do even when it's then deserved is tainted by this idea of like oh the producers are trying to push this person forward
1: yeah one thing i did appreciate about the canada versus the world finale is i genuinely believe that they chose the right winner of the lip syncs each each time and it wasn't like all-Star 7 were the loser of the lip-sync one every time just to push Raja and Jinx to the win. Uh, like, I genuinely feel they were like, we are not, we 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 don't want anyone to win here. We're going to just see what happens on the day. And I appreciated the, the novelty of that because otherwise, I, I think if they'd wanted to force a win that would please the fans, I think they would have probably chosen Victoria. She had the most love online, that Raja was second. So I think a lot of fans are still happy with that. Um, but I appreciated just the that, you know, that be will be attitude of it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it, absolutely. But, and also, though, I do think that, like, they've looked out in the finale because they have four queens for whom lip-syncing is a strength. So, like, it wasn't like you got there with, like, a design queen who had done so well all season and then suddenly they were like, okay, now you need to lip-sync and you're not good at it. But, yeah, I I think, though, like, we've gotten away from the initial thing we wanted to say, which is that I'm delighted at Raja 1. I think Raja is a brilliant queen and really feels like sort of someone who who kind of has, who deserves that like mantle or deserves to be seen at that level. And in the same way as, and like I've seen a lot of comparisons being made to to, to Kylie Sunik Love online, this kind of idea of someone who came in when they weren't fully formed, went at their best, didn't do as strongly as they deserved, or as they, not didn't even do as strongly as they deserved, but did as well as they could in their first season based on the struggles and what they were going through at that time, came back, more fully realised and able to actually kind of prove who they were. And obviously Faraja, she deservedly got to the final of All-Stars 6 and then came into this competition as as I would say the one to beat and I think kind of like handled herself and held herself with such elegance and poise and grace and humility throughout the entire thing, performed really well and again just displayed like why it is that like she as a drag queen is on another level.
1: Yeah, Uh, two things to add. I don't think she did, I think she wasn't going to win All Star Six because I just don't think her runways were up to the same level as some of the other queens. And I think fans are really, um, you know, particular about that, even though she was so likeable and lovable and did so well on other things. I also feel really bad because I think her win is kind of just overshadowed by the Christmas period and people being busy. And I think we're going to just move straight into season 15 and people may forget. The other thing is do you see her and by extension, Blue? In the winner's circle. Um, no, I don't know, and I did think it was really weird that Blue wasn't
0: there for the for for like the finale, like that they they hadn't because like you know it is kind of part of Drag Race. It's part of the Drag Race kind of. I don't know, like lore. I don't know that the winner of the previous iteration of a of a season is there to hand over the crown to the new to the new queen, so it goes from one reign to another, and it, it just felt like kind of. And Blue We're was not even
1: there at the crowning of season four
0: Yes, and I was just kind of like is, is like She just felt she, she's very much been just sort of like You know, for God's sake, Blue Hydrangea is now performing at Draw to Pride I mean, come on I mean, what's going on here? Blue Hydrangea deserves to be like headlining kind of like major events Because she is now, you know, I mean, that sorry, that was a read Draw to Pride will be great fun, McHugh's venue, get your tickets now But, um, <laughs> but it is It is a like it is a sign of kind of like obviously I don't think that the franchise is reading them as being they're reading these scenes as being like standalone little kind of in betweeny bits that aren't necessarily part of the the whole thing and I think that perhaps now if this global all stars comes around you could see Raja and Blue back into a global all stars lineup. Well,
1: someone said to me that it's just going to be U.S. versus the world is rebranded as global all stars because remember, like we were calling. UK versus the world international all stars to begin with, and then they rechange it to UK versus the world. So I, I think wonder- just it just reverted back to what it was originally called.
0: I wonder then, are they changing the voting format to like the democracy thing because that sort of like perhaps because I do think that that has been something that has made this this like that's been something that's made this like kind of new version of the format feel. Clunky is is the like the cast voting for each other, so yeah. maybe they're going to make the cast bigger, have more of a sample of queens from around the world, and do like a full on twelve queen all stars rather than this kind of like what was it like eight queens nine mm-hmm. queens nine. Yeah. yeah. So I do, I do think that 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 would be that would be good. I I mean I all, I do think that like. You know, Blue and Raja are there if there's ever an all-winners season. They can be they can be plucked yeah. and, and thrown in there again. And, like, you're building up these winners now so that you could do an all winner season much, much quicker than you could do one a couple of years ago. Interesting to see Bianca Del Rio is now back working with WoW on a number of projects as well. So perhaps Bianca Del Rio has been wooed back by the promise of an all-winners in the future given that they really showed the other winners of the franchise, you can trust us not to do anything to to damage your reputation or damage your um or, or to damage your, your placement as kind of an icon.
1: The the reason why Blue's performing in Draw to Pride I've just remembered is because she didn't win any money. Raj won a hundred grand, Blue won that goddamn duet. So Vanity girls Milan gotta make her coin. Vanity
0: Milan is the only queen from UK to have won money out of drag race. And and the Vivian and the Vivian I forgot about the Vivian
1: but only non-winner to win money yeah
0: yeah but and it is it is sort of shocking I I also got going to say like we we had a good catch up before this about the traitors and about how great as that TV show Mm. was and there was up to 120,000 on the line for this particular show and it was on BBC so it fires a number of shots through this bogus idea that BBC can't give prize money
1: should the same with the wheel Michael McIntyre's the wheel the wall with Danny Dyer like, once, once, when we had Dvina DeCampo on, and she said, well, I worked on, what was that singing one, All Together Now? Oh, All Together Now, there? yeah. She's like, and they gave away money. It's bullshit. Yeah, so, pay the goddamn queens, please. Yeah,
0: pay those queens. Bring in some fucking prize money. Repeater badges are cute, but, like, no thank you. Not no, anymore.
1: No, thank you. No bueno. Dracula Titans uh, finished as well, just before Christmas. And... Honestly, talk about something that went out with a whimper. This sounded so strong. And I just felt like... <clears throat> I know I'm going to jump right to the last episode now. We will talk about episode 8, which we haven't spoken about. But there was this protracted conversation by the Boulay brothers about this is the end of chapter 1. And like, oh, I'm so glad of what we've created. And blah, 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 blah. And then, anyway, Victoria Elizabeth Black wins. Off camera as well. We get to see no reaction... Like it just it was all and just very also strange. and
0: Coco not even shown in that final thing. So you yeah. get like the, the I honestly I saw a tweet the day the final came out that said the Boole Brothers Titans finale could have been an email, and I'm saying <laughs> that is the most <laughs> that is the most accurate description. I, it was like it was like it, it was. Pointless And like It really felt like You know Like self-flagellation it, it, uh, By the boules Throughout the entire thing No part of like Even the floor show When you get around to it Like It, it wasn't ama- Like I, I didn't find it I wasn't wowed To the same extent And do you know what it was It was like You know Was it Drax or Swan I can't remember which one It was like Oh we recorded a song Especially for this It's like don't Get the rights to a decent song Don't make them like Like it was just, like, literally, like, a song called Ascension, where basically someone had gone through all the, like, thesaurus words that, like, match Ascension and just, like, sang them rhymed up. It was terrible. And, like, get a decent song that people can lip-sync to and the people watching can relate to and know if you're going to do something like that. But it was just, like, I honestly, like, this this season just, like, such promise... Such a kind of like such an excitement coming up to it, such an excitement going into it. The cast was like so fun, overshadowed the entire way through by this ridiculous fucking drama in the in the cauldron of this like threesome that was never properly really resolved. Love triangle, and then, this love triangle, better
1: than a threesome,
0: yeah. But yes, but this love triangle. Then when you get around to the business end of it, just sort of completely overlooked any sort of like actual. I don't know, like the the none of the. Because they took it from like three individual performances down to just one total performance,
1: you didn't mm. really get to see angles For, of the queen. Four, because it's supposed to be, it's like glamour-filled gla- horror. Oh, and drag. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Three. Yeah. yeah it was three, Yeah. But like yeah. You, you didn't,
0: you didn't get any sort of like you. I don't know. You, you didn't. You didn't. You just saw that the queens perform in this one thing, lip-syncing to this terrible song. And then it was like, okay, right, no guest judges there, no critique for the queens, done. We just are going to run to like a, 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 a sort of a VT of like kind of like a creepy corridor with photographs, hearing the voiceovers of people saying things from the season and then Which boom. makes me think
1: that all the contestants just left not knowing who won, that they were like, oh, okay, right, well, I'll take my spider costume off now and I'll just go home. Like it was done in post, like it just felt so strange. It did. Yeah, it did. Th- that being said, Coco's was my favourite. I loved her her Black Widow, you know, yeah. eating the neck of the crewy guy. I liked uh, Victoria's as well yeah Hoso's was good but it was very similar to what we'd seen before from her yeah but yeah you're just and I'd say you're like well why was I paying attention to any of that like you're just gonna crown somebody off screen
0: yeah no exactly and I I don't know as well like I mean in in that I know we've kind of just jumped straight over the 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 horror icons reimagined which we can talk about a bit but like that that finale episode felt like first of all like for a show that prides itself on being so like like kind of a being the anti drag race, it, it just it, it it mops up so many of these like kind of bits of the drag race format. Like this this podcasting and the way they like sold it as being like, We need to see that they can speak on behalf of the brand. So we're going to give them a public speaking challenge by putting them on our podcast. It's like, no, this is a Tic Tac lunch. It's happened since Drag Race season one like don't yeah. try and sell us something don't, don't this is this is like this is not pig in the poke shine we all know what's going on and it just like also like throughout that it was kind of uncomfortable watching because you get the impression that the boules have a really long standing friendship with Victoria and so you see them talking to Victoria like they're talking to one of their mates and then it's kind of every so often there's a throwaway question to, to Coco or to um or to, to Coco or to um or to Hoso but, like, there's no kind of real sense of, like, really caring about it. It was kind of like, we're here. Chatting to- also, I think that they should have done that in the way they normally do the Tic Tac lunches of, like, one at a time. They chose not to do that. They had all three of them there. And then it really was unfavorable towards the other two because you kind of had this, like, weird situation where, like, it was, like, three people sitting facing out at a table. Victoria was sitting beside the boule, so had a natural kind of look at them. Hoso had to kind of, like, peer around and Coco kind of, like, had to sort of almost stand up to be seen. So, I don't know, it just... It all felt, like, weirdly staged and put together. And and it also, like... Even the conversation about the, the love triangle, like, it kind of felt like... Like, they never... Uh, like they they kind of were like, yeah, some queers have non-monogamous relationships. Deal with it straight. And I was like, no, that wasn't the problem. The problem was the obvious levels of emotional trauma that were of, that were being inflicted on Abora and Astrid. And also on the appropriateness of showcasing this side of your relationship when you have an off-screen, non-sort-of-high-profile partner who may not want that. And there was no point where they addressed. So it was kind of just like, hey, non-monogamous relationships exist, deal with it, without going into any of the stuff that people actually have problems with about how that had played out over the season.
1: Yeah, it was like, how was that for you, you know, without any ownership of, like, yeah, exactly, you know, them creating this scenario and the only thing like you said we know about this partner is that Astrid thinks that they're hotter than them so like which is such a rude thing to say so uh yeah it was all very strange and like the the tea being oh Victoria sold the Boulez full price breastplates at one point like oh can you not give us a discount and then Coco seems to be the only one who seems to be like, oh, they're going to want my sob story here. Since so sort of opened up about like having using hookup apps and feeling like without a lack of direction in her life, she made some mistakes that she would have had otherwise. And that was a nice one. with the rest was, I learned more from the uh, the polygraph fright feet in episode eight. Which before we get into, but let's throw back to the chocolate bar twist of of season fourteen you know, rigged from the start. But it kind of had to be rigged because they didn't want Willow Pill getting the the gold ticket and not putting her in the bottom. Because if you're going to say there's going to be a twist, the twist has to happen. The fact that they told us this bullshit about, oh, if you don't pass the fried feet, you get kicked out and someone else will take your place. And that never happened. Just leaves you disappointed as a viewer. And the whole way along, I felt the fried feet got easier, easier, or at least... It was unclear how someone could not pass them, yeah. like some of them were like like even when they were being buried alive, that mechanism was going to open after a period of time anyway, so there was no way someone could fail it. I just found that bitterly disappointing. We talked about this
0: in the last time about how these fright feats are kind of i don't know like they're they they are I, I, what place they have in the the season like it, it or what place they have in each episode like it kind of is unclear because they don't as you said actually impact things and we didn't see anyone kind of like they're they're obviously not going to be like like they they are they're shooting under they're like filming this in circumstances where they're not going to be able to do stuff that is going to actively put the queens in danger so like you know it's never going to be like okay here we're playing actual Russian roulette and one of you might die. Like, that's never going to be the stakes of one of these things. So, like, they need to find a way of making these fright feats into something that, like, you know, kind of, I, I don't know. Like, I think in the traders where they had that thing where, like, Maddie was, or where a contestant was offered um, money in order, in exchange for being able to leave. It's like, you need to do something like that, incentivize someone to take the option to leave or to stay. I think that, like, would probably work in a, in a better way. Or else, I think I said the last time about, kind of, the idea of... um, The idea of, of giving someone the option of, like... Or, kind of, like, having the fight be something that, like, everyone competes in every week. And it's only the people who pass, or the people who do best, and then go on to compete in the actual episode. Something that, like, makes it feel fresh, or different, or original. But, like, no, I... I I I didn't enjoy the way that they kind of tried to frame the fried feats as being this kind of thing that showed your dedication to drag. This kind of, like, idea of, like, oh, this is, if you want something hard enough, you'll do anything. It's like, well, you just gave them a load of disgusting shit to do. Like, it wasn't sort of something that was, like, really, like, even though, like, eating apples out of the, the thing of, like, pig's heads. It's like, well, you know what, if you, you know, you guys are all meant to be, like, super whatever, but, like they're all into this creepy deepy bullshit but if you eat steak or you eat like ham or you enjoyed your turkey at Christmas you're used to interacting with the carcasses of animals so like get over it you know I don't know I I, I, I found the whole thing kind of like yeah I don't know I came out of this season kind of being a little over it but we'll see what they do for the the next chapter chapter. in the the MCU
1: because at the start of episode 8 Coco returns and they kind of rehash the drama which is where we left them off and it seems to be the long and short of it was that Melissa left due to an accumulation of lots of small things. I'm still not really any the wiser, and I kind of just said, "I'm not really going to understand it unless I was there." So I don't I was like, "Yeah, right, I don't care anymore."
0: No, and I, I think that yeah, you're right. Like it, it was also the degree to which Coco like lost her head in that moment, and then kind of came back around and was like, I didn't want to have to do that, guys. I didn't want to have to do that. I didn't want to have to lose my head. It, it, it made no sense because none of us really understood what was going on. You know what I mean? And like, I, I kind of like, from my point of view as an outsider, trying to imagine myself there, if all of this drama was going on between... Hoso and Astrid and, and, and Nabora And it was like impacting my ability To do what I needed to do While I was in this setting I can understand getting frustrated and annoyed by us. I can understand being like angry or whatever But I, I don't know like what sort of other emotional support Did she feel she wasn't getting or needed And we were never told if that was the case as a viewer So therefore it felt sort of like Towards both of us said it in the episode We were talking about it Which is that Melissa B. Fierce wanted to win. Melissa B. Fierce had been doing really well in the competition. Melissa B. Fierce ended up in the bottom for the first time, had a shit fit, and said she was leaving before she could be sent home. She then was indeed sent home. So it's like, you know, like that's what it felt like to us. If that's not the case, spell it out to us better so we
1: understand. Yeah. Um, Anthony from the polygraph, you took down, I must have tuck down that Astrid was in love with Hoso. Hoso would dress up as a lizard in the bedroom from Astrid, none of them trust each other, none of them are sabotaging Coco, she doesn't actually genuinely believe she's being sabotaged, Hoso's still in love with a and Astrid didn't see herself in the top three, they were the main takeaway. The
0: Astrid not seeing herself in the top three was the, the one that I mainly uh, recalled, um, because yeah. I felt like, you know, that she kind of could see <clears> the <throat> writing on the wall that she wasn't getting there.
1: Uh, how did you think the horror icons reimagined look went? Astra did the Predator, Coco did the Boulet Brothers, Hoso did Sadaku Yamamura from the original Ring, Victoria did the Crypt Keeper, and Ava Destruction did Mars Attack. Can remember the name of the character? Um, I really enjoyed
0: this. I like. I thought that the the reimaginations, and reinterpretations, were really cool. Um, I liked kind of like. I, I do think we got a better version of Predator earlier in the season from Melissa Be fierce. So. I thought that, like, I I liked Astrid's concept of doing this kind of, like, neon rave kind of club kid version of it. Not even club kid, it was more like neon-y rave kind of idea, and I thought it was pretty cool. But but again, like, her performances every week kind of wear the same, this kind of, like, stompy long legs kind of jumping about the place, so it might have been interesting to see, like, a different character, particularly with the Predator when you're trying to reenact... Like, the reenactment was kind of, like, just ropey green screen um, that, that might have been better Evie Destruction's Mars Attacks Martian really annoyed me because if you're going to do that character you need to have the wavy arm walk like that is the signature of that character is that wavy arm walk and I just felt like while it, it looked really cool and it, it like it well it looked really cool it didn't feel necessarily like it was a an elevation on the, the original character in fact the original character felt better and also it it felt like it was missing some of the the kind of um like it felt like it was missing some of the the kind of like what made that character unique or interesting and I think that it would have been better if she'd like been like well what if Tim Burton was making Mars attacks now? What would this character look like today? Not like I'm going to turn her from a dress into a jumpsuit. That would have been perhaps a bit. Uh,
1: yeah. The, the other the three the that were. Because cat catsuit, I kind of was like, it's per play and I, there yeah. was nothing on it. And she was read earlier on the season for her kind of nurse ratchety character because it was just a bodysuit adorned. And that one looked a lot more adorned and, and detailed than this one was. So yeah I ultimately think she she was my least favourite of the episode I had kind of spoiled it for myself somewhat because I saw the Boulets post their winner on Instagram (coughs) but it was Victoria Elizabeth Black but because I like scrolled away really quickly when I saw it I thought Ava Destruction had won so I was like god how is she gonna get through this one now so then when she dropped I was like oh right okay is she gonna come back for the final and then she never came back so I was like okay well maybe it must have been Victoria I saw um which is a shame because I think Ava was the one who I liked the most throughout the competition and I would have liked to see her win but I did agree she probably did my least favorite in this challenge yeah no i definitely agree with that. the
0: other two were really i i loved coco's version of the boulets i thought it was really fun yeah
1: she was my winner to be yeah, honest um
0: i i did think that that hoso's um ring girl was like a really cool thing and also like when you think of kind of like horror icons like she like she is a left field choice and that kind of i don't think many people would automatically think about her but when you do land on it you're like oh my god yeah because like the ring took over culture for about like a full decade (laughs) when it comes to horror so like she is like a really interesting person to kind of like have another look at um but yeah i i thought that it was really cool i liked her performance of it I, i would probably have given it to to coco but i suppose the boulets probably felt like we can't give someone um a win if they are doing an impression of us
1: the only thing i'd say for coco is the boulets don't normally expose that much leg and I think she needed a, 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 like something to cover her legs more. That was my only critique for Coco. But I liked it a lot, and I really loved how she changed it and kind of made it more, more kind of black girl magic ballet, yeah. which I quite like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Victoria's Cryptkeeper. Keeper um, Victoria's
0: Cryptkeeper was really fun. Oh yeah, I, I did think it was fun. It 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 was the thing that I've seen her have most personality with with all, all season. Like I thought it was like. It was diff. It felt different for her, but it was also vital, like, so clever, and and felt, I don't know that the crypt keeper really became a thing as much here in 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 Ireland. Like I certainly only know it through references to the to the show in in um in America. But yeah, I thought it was really cool. Like I liked us.
1: And I don't know what it was about the wig because I know Cynthia from the Rugrats does not have hair like this character, but it just reminded me of Cynthia. from the Rugrats. <laughs>
0: Well, look, it just a few more bald patches. Maybe it was Cynthia before
1: Angelica pulled the the hair. hair That's what it it was. That's what it was. Um. All right. Well, that's Dracula Titans. Uh, What's your like? Will you still be hyped for the new season?
0: Um, I mean, probably by the time it comes around again, it will be, yeah. Like, but when we get to next October, I'm pretty sure that I'm going to be, you know, like, ready for a new season of it. And, you know, like, they have promised big changes for the, uh, they have promised big changes for the next season. So I'll be curious to see, like, what, how that manifests and what that looks like. And, like, is it, like, a further watering down of the initial concept in order to kind of, like, try and make it more palatable for a more mainstream service to, to to, to to show it or is it going to be actually like have they taken like a real look at it and been like how can we bring some of what the filth and gore and stuff that existed in the first season into a new iteration of it that isn't going to get us cancelled not by people but by the the the, the network yeah yeah, to be fair.
1: yeah maybe it is making it more palatable so they can put it onto a bigger network but still keeping the the soul of the show maybe yeah, yeah by the yeah. way have you cancelled your Shudder I certainly have.
0: I have cancelled that. <laughs> I cancelled it while watching the finale. I thought that's good. See you next year, Shudder. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and this is your reminder if you're listening to Cancel your. Shudder. Yeah, this is your this is
0: your reminder if you're listening to Cancel your, your your subscription to Shudder. Unless you're watching, I don't know, one of the terrible looking things or whatever that thing with well, the teeth no is. No
1: judgment. Yeah. That thing no. is horrible. That thing with the teeth. It actually keeps with heebie Jeebies. I know,
0: I really don't enjoy looking at it. It's
1: it's not my it's not my favourite. No thank I do you.
0: That. I have I, I, before we go. I have some. I have some statements around okay. around the the re-listening to the to, to the the selected interview. I was like, oh my god, James, problematic. Problem. First of all, I was like, oh my god, James, you were so much more excited about life um, <laughs> four years ago. But oh my, like first of all, I was like, first up, like in terms of the songs I selected, um, you know. Obviously, having a, a song by now cancelled um, sexual harassment uh, case, uh, Arcade Fire. I'm like James, this is this is not okay in 2022. And then also we had a big discussion about Britney, where I was talking about how, how great it had been to see her in Brighton, but how dead she was behind the eyes. And now we like fully know. I'm like, oh my god, James, like you, this is terrible. And then I like misogynistically say to your friend Sarah that she's not allowed to go to Bear Week in 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 uh, in in in, 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 in Sidges, and I'm like. Oh, All genders welcome, away you go. And I can't remember, there was some kind of like other kind of like little tidbits like that where I was like, oh my God, my thinking has changed the way I, the way I see the world. And the way I, like, perceive things has changed so much even over the last four years. And, like, the way I kind of, like, speak about and, and, and understand, like, gender roles and, like, what is and isn't appropriate. and You know, mm. obviously, there's no way four years ago I could have known that Wynne Butler was going to be accused sure. of sexual harassment in 2022. I, I, and, you know, I do remember being a little bit uncomfortable at Britney in Brighton because I was like, it does feel like she's just completely spaced out. But at the same time, now I'm, like, actually, like, I'm actively, ashamed to even talk about going to it because I'm like essentially you went to see a a, a woman who was being forced against her will to travel around the world and dance for you Um, but yeah so I was just like why James a lot has moved on on the other side though finally after about I don't know like 14 years this year, I finally got to see Mother Mother singing the song "Ghosting" in the Olympia,
1: there which had can. been a really important one for me. So you know, it's not all bad. Full circle, full circle. Uh, yes, hopefully we're hearing this close to New Year, anyway. So have a lovely New Year, and I'll be back uh, with Chapter Two of Sissy That. Oh my God! <laughs> the FTP universe keeps expanding. <laughs> Okay, we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye.